It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. Bacchus was there, bulldozes his way through Kajula. Centering pass, wrist shot, score! David Krejci gives Boston its first lead, 3-2, with 104 to play in the third period. Krejci with the finish, his 11th of the year. But that play started with David Backus winning a battle in the corner. Krejci completing a Boston Bruins comeback tonight at Rogers Place. 3-2, the Bruins beat the Edmonton Oilers. They completely overwhelmed the home squad in the final 20 minutes. The Oilers were trying to hang on, trying to hang on, relying on their goaltender who had one of his best games of the season. But in the end, the mighty Bruins just too strong for Edmonton. 3-2 is the final. Strom and Kara scored for Edmonton in the first and second periods respectively. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Boston is now 27-5-4 since losing to the Oilers in late November. And Rob, we talked about the third period before the game. We talked about it between the second and third periods. Boston coming into this game a plus 27 goal differential in the third. Put that up to plus 30. And once they tied it 2-2, you start thinking that the Oilers were just hoping to get that one into overtime, and they were 64 seconds short of doing that. Well, once the Boston Bruins scored their first goal to make it 2-1, at that point you saw that it was more hope uh, than initiative for the Oilers. I mean, the Boston Bruins just came in waves, and there were they got a couple big saves in this hockey game, but for the most part it was uh, a relentless forecheck. Um Good defensive coverage where there was the Oilers would have the puck in the offensive zone, but didn't get a really a lot of really good chances. Good transitioning. I mean, Boston is a good hockey club, a very good hockey club. They got off to a slow start this season. They 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 started to turn it around. They started to get healthy, and since then, as you just talked about the record, they've been as good, if not better, than any team in the National Hockey League. They've got two lines that would be that could be called first lines on most teams. They got two. Uh, lines at the bottom of their uh, of their depth that they're not afraid to put against anyone. There was a, a shift out there today where Connor McDavid's line was out. The Bruins have their fourth line out. They win the draw. They get the puck in. They didn't call them off to change. They left them out there. They felt that they could compete. So uh, it was a game that the Boston Bruins, I think at the end of the night, you would have to agree, deserved to win. And it just took them a little longer to get the, ex- the goal that they needed. Well, and the Boston big line of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, though they certainly had chances, don't wind up getting any points tonight. And it's Noel Achari getting a goal. 
it's Matt Grizzlick getting a goal, and obviously Krejci's been one of their stars for several years. But and you know, we talked to your buddy Judd, Judd Surratt, who you know from his time in Chicago. Now his first year as a Bruins play-by-play guy, he stopped in the booth before the game, and he said the Bruins have four lines they can wear you down, and it was depth guys getting goals tonight. And even though the Oilers got a, you know a depth goal from Kara and Strom was able to score from the second for the second game in a row. They didn't have enough guys who who were dangerous, and I, I think it was the depth that made a huge difference in the end. Well, well, it was. I, I think that the the depth players of of Boston were better than the star players or the top two lines of the Edmonton Oilers. The one thing that we've talked about over the last number of years here in, in Edmonton, the Oilers haven't been deep when they get to their third and fourth line. In a lot of games, the Oilers' top line would get some momentum going, and their second line would be okay. Then the third line would come out, and the fourth line would come out and lose momentum. By the time their top player came out again, they were stuck in their own zone. They'd lost all momentum in the hockey game. But what we saw tonight, the, the Marchand line uh, created a ton of great chances, and they started momentum. The Creechie can continue that momentum with the second line, and then their third and fourth carried it on. So by the time that Bergeron and Marchand came back out, everything was still going towards towards the Oilers' end. They were continuing the offensive play. And, and if your third and fourth lines can not only keep momentum going, but also produce off that momentum, you're going to have a successful hockey club, and we saw that tonight. So the Bruins win at 3-2, three goals in the third period. Krejci scores late to get them the victory. We'll get to your phone calls in a couple of minutes, but right now down to the Hall of Fame room here at Rogers Place for GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Game over. Well, I would agree with you. The uh you know, after the first two periods, especially after the first, I don't know, the shots were 11-3 or something. We spent a good deal of time in their end. We just weren't rewarded with shots. We weren't getting them off quick enough. And a lot of their uh, shots on goal were from perimeter or dump-ins. And um, I thought the second period that con- continued, once we got the 2 nothing lead, came in for the break, uh, I didn't think we were very aggressive. I thought we were playing more to, uh, to protect and we weren't assertive enough. We didn't play in their end enough. We didn't pressure them below the goal line. And uh, all it takes is one break and, uh, and a bounce, and they're right back in it. So, um, you know, the difference between the two teams is uh, they played to win, and we kind of played to, uh, uh, to not lose in the third. And uh, that's just where one team is now and where the other is and the work that we have to do to close that gap. Is that just a, a lack of confidence, do you feel, from your team? Whereas maybe last year you would have been more assertive? Um, I don't know if it's confidence. It just, you know, it's the way we, we acted or the way we behaved tonight. Um, there's been other nights where we've pushed. I don't know if we respected them too much, if we, uh, you know, if we built their game up too much as a, as a staff or a team or, or in the media. Uh, but I, I didn't think we were near aggressive enough um, with our approach to the game in the, in the third period. And... Uh, you know, we'll be better uh, next time we play a team like that, but uh, tonight just wasn't where we needed to be for a full 60. What did you see from your group on uh, the third goal, the game winner, and maybe uh, Kajula to play along the wall there? Well, it was a tough play for, for Drake. There was a reverse that, that got away on Drake. He had to go get the puck, and, and he ended up in the corner with Bacchus, a bigger man, uh, got on the wrong side of it, and uh, they're deadly from below the goal line into that slot area, so... Um, I think uh, Rusty made a commitment to the post and it, it got by him into the slot or forwards. It kind of vacated that area already and Cam, who was outstanding, uh, couldn't make one more save for us. 
the Strom line had both goals. Uh, Slepshev had another really good chance. It's starting to see some things from that trio. Do you want to see more of them as a group? Well, a lot of that will depend on how the others are doing. Um, we've got to build different lines every night. Um, I've liked Stromer's game the last three. I think he's been around the net. He's had chances. He's uh, shooting the puck more, creating offense for himself and for others. Um, Anton is, has improved immensely over the past little bit, so, so that's been good. And JJ's finally decided to shoot the puck again. Um, there's a lot of times he gets over the line and quits moving and he's looking to make passes. I think he's got one of the best shots on our team, and when he uses it, it can be a, a dangerous thing. Can you talk a little about a bit about your, your goalie's game tonight? He played outstanding. One of his- Yeah, as I said, he was outstanding. Uh, uh, you know, he had work in the first period. I don't know if it was overly taxing. There was a couple uh, dangerous plays, but they had 10 shots on their on their power play opportunities, and I thought he was he did some of his best work in that situation. So it's too bad we couldn't reward him uh, with a win or, or find an extra goal or a way to prevent because I thought it was one of his better games uh, in a while. Well, Camp Talbot has faced 103 shots over his last three games. He's stopped 97 of them. And he's one and two. Just how it's gone this season for the Edmonton Oilers. They get very good goaltending the last three games. Talbot, 42 saves tonight. Final shots, 45-20, Rob. I know on the clock, oh, they have updated it. It was 44-20 for a while. Shots were 45-20 for Boston. As, and as it wore on, obviously, Camp Talbot was the reason they were able to uh, stay in it. So... Tough one for the Oilers. 3-2 Boston wins. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. We'll take your phone call, 780-496-0063. We'll go to Cam on the line. Hey, Cam, thanks for calling. Hello? Hi, Cam, go ahead. Yeah, I was a first-time caller. I'm a little nervous here calling for the first time. It's okay. Hey, I'd like to make some comments here, then I'll uh, let I'll hang up, and then you guys get comment what i got to say. It was all... I've been following the others back to a uh, while. Bill Hunter days, Nelson Skelbania, uh, Peter Puck, and the Cal Nickel group, and now with Daryl Cates. And all along, you know, we've always been talking about we have problems with the main team. We do. But it seems like my main problem is, is that our farm system. Either we, Rob has mentioned a few times, there's nothing in the minors. So why would that be? Do we have not enough good scouting to pick up the talent to go send down there so we can develop them and maybe our coaches aren't good enough to develop like Warren Bressois he played really good with the Memorial Cup for the Oil Kings he got drafted and he comes up once in a while when Tal was injured but if he isn't good enough maybe we should trade him I know he was on, wasn't claimed on waivers but maybe he's not good enough maybe he shouldn't be there we make a package deal maybe our coaches aren't good enough to develop players you listen to NHL hockey games, intermissions, everybody else has got good up-and-comer young talent, and Edmonton doesn't seem to have anything, so I'll hang up and let you guys comment on that. Yeah, well, I, I think you're right. There, there's, there aren't a lot of prospects in the farm right now. The Oilers' better prospects uh, are in junior, whether you want to talk about... Well, I mean, there's a couple... The, Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones on the farm would be better defensive prospects for down the road. Uh, better prospects in junior, whether you want to talk about Stuart Skinner and Nett, Kyler Yamamoto, Ostap Safin at forward, just, just to name a few. And uh, yes, I think over the years, uh, Cam, you hit on it. It's been a combination. I mean, we're not going to necessarily break down every single uh, draft for the last 20 years, but combination of uh, poor picks, uh, poor scouting, um, 
uh, poor development at times in the minors. So, yes, all those things have definitely added up to hurt the Oilers. In, in terms of Laurent Brassois, I mean, he's been the backup off and on for the last, I guess, two and a half years now. Well, about two years. And, uh, yeah, they, they have Al Montoya now as the backup, but he's uh, currently out with, with an injury. So I think that's an indication that they're, they probably don't have the faith in Brassois that they would like to have at this point for sure. But, uh, yeah, thanks for calling, Camp. 780-496-0063. Bruins beat the Oilers 3-2 with a furious third-period comeback that uh, you could see coming. Really, even in the second period, you could start to see it coming. The Oilers do get two tonight. That means a $50 donation from Booster Juice on Oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They give $25 every time the Oilers score, now up to 4000 for the season, and you can track the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, inside Roger's Place. Okay, we have Tony on the line, 780-496-0063. Tony, what is going on? Not much, you guys. Well, another loss, man. Seven of the last eight. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've actually been doing a little bit of research here and I've been hearing that because of what Talbot said on Saturday night about the goaltender interference he's actually getting fined yeah John Shannon said he's probably going to get fined uh, I don't get why in my opinion him <laughs> speaking his mind about it and and the, the fact that Edmonton has been on the wrong side of the of the calls lately I think he had every right to uh, say something about it and another one you know Talbot he is starting to show up now, I have noticed. But is there any free agent goaltenders during the offseason that Edmonton could look at to maybe to, to maybe open it up to Hobbit's eyes and say, you know what, you started playing good now, but where was it for the whole season? Okay, I'll, on- I'll double-check the free agent well, list here. As far as Rob the fine, the fine is, he was going to get fined, and that's the right call. I, I, I agree that what he said was probably true, and in the minds of everyone, not only on the team but in the stands, but <laughs> he can't say what he said publicly, that any player in the National Hockey League says things like that, that criticizes the officials, criticizes the league, is going to get fined. It's the way it works. Yeah, and I, and I think, Tony, the issue the league would have is, regardless of the profanity, which added a little extra spice to it, and I referred to on my Twitter account earlier tonight, um, I mean, they don't like it when players say... I mean, there are times players can be a little critical, but when you're saying, well, these calls keep going against our team, and I'm starting to wonder if there's something more to it. Now, I don't think Talbot actually believes that the league has said, let's let's go out to get the Oilers, but when you make that implication or just say, I'm sick of it happening, they're usually going to step up and say, hey, look, yeah. whether you meant it or not, we don't, we don't like hearing that publicly. And he and, knew it was going to happen because he said, you yeah, can find me. He knew he was yeah, going to get fined. I mean, he knew, that he knew his tone and the choice of words. He would probably get fined. And, and look, I'm going to say this flat out. The Oilers are not having the season they're having because of goalie interference or any sort of officiating issues. No. Um, but I will make the point. I mean, look, we talk about things that affect the Oilers. There, you, you would hope the 50-50 calls balance out after a while. They haven't been. And, and that's, you know, I think it's worth, it, it's worth commenting on. It's worth noticing. And I mm-hmm. think that's what Talbot was saying. I, I, Talbot was saying after the Arizona game, you know, I think I've been jostled like that. And the goals counted. No, obviously he just he, said he's it differently. Biased. He's an oiler. He said it strongly, so he's <laughs> going to get fined. Uh, what was his other question? Oh, free agent goalies. Okay. Uh, I'll just read some of the guys. Lettinen, Halak, Leonard, Mrazek. Oh, he's an RFA. We should just do UFAs, eh, Rob? Yes. So uh, Lettinen, Halak, Ward, Bernier, Lack, 
Chad Johnson, uh, Andrew Hammond, Andre Pavlich, Kadobin, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Hutchinson, Carter Hutton. Now, Hutton's having a heck of a year. Someone might go out and get him. So there are there are decent goaltenders as, as UFAs that might be a better option than the what the Oilers have had at backup. But the, the problem is the Oilers right now have two goalies tied up with contracts next year up here as well as, I don't know, is Bersois' contract up now? Does Bersois, is Bersois signed for next year? Well, Montoya's year? signed for That's next year. That's what I mean. We have two, that we have these two, but is Bersois signed Oh, sorry, well? Bersois an RFA. Okay, so they got the two up here, and then you got to make a decision on Bersois. So I don't see them. I think they're going out and getting a goaltender already has happened by getting Montoya, and then they will see what happens next year, and they make a decision after that. Yeah. Three good games in a row for Talbot, but, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, they're only able to win one of them. Boston tonight takes this one 3-2. Other things of note tonight, uh, home ice penalty killing. How about it? Three for three. Now Talbot leading the way on a couple of those. uh, I I actually thought the first kill might have been one of the most efficient ones we've seen on home ice. They won races to the puck, efficient clears, didn't really let Boston set up. The, The other two... Hotel, but had to stop it. Yeah, scrambles. but but you're gonna have to. I mean, sure. you're, you're not going to dominate while you're penalty killing. I think the the end goal is to, to not give anything up, and the other's penalty killing was better. Um, I, I think it was more. There's a lot of five on five play that the others spent in their own zone more so than they did on the penalty kill. It, to me, it's just simply this: the the Boston Bruins have a better hockey club than the Edmonton Oilers, and tonight they came in and they played. A very, very good hockey club that the Oilers at this point are not capable of playing. If both teams, if the Oilers play their best and the Boston Bruins play their best, the Boston Bruins are going to win. And we saw that tonight. 3-2, Boston takes it. They are on an incredible tear really since uh, late November. And the Oilers aren't. I mean, since Christmas, the Oilers have the second-worst record in the league ahead of only Montreal. Boston has the best, so there you go. Boston comes in and does their thing tonight, winning at 3-2. 780-496-0063, our buddy Logan is on the line. Hey, Logan, it's good to hear from you again. Yeah, same with you guys. Um, I have a question for Reed and for you and Reed and Rob. Do you think that the Oilers are going to make lots of trades? Do you think they might trade Nuge? And it's hard for make a deal when the player is injured. Yes, agree with that. Um, I do believe the Oilers will make trades at the deadline. I think that uh, a Maroon will be gone. I think a Latesti will probably be gone. A possibility of a Camilleri will be gone. I don't know if they'll trade a whole lot more than that at the deadline. I believe if the Oilers uh, go into the summertime or into into the off season without in a significant push here over the last 23 games. I think there will be more trades uh, probably by the draft or at the draft. I think if you look at the Oilers roster and their salary cap issues and what they need, the two most sought-after players or the two players that would bring back the most coming back that they would move would be RNH and Clefbaum, whether they move them or not, but they will both open up cap space and they both will bring something back. And then the Oilers will have to decide if they bring back is worth more than what they've got here. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rob. I, I don't think, specifically with Nugent Hopkins, I, I don't think he'll be traded before the deadline. He's not going to play until March. Todd McClellan said that today. And, and as, I, as I've said, obviously, I would be very reluctant to trade Nugent Hopkins at, at any point. I agree, but the problem for the Oilers is they have significant holes. 
and they have significant cap issues and he, he makes $6 million and you're going to, and he's going to bring something back. He's going to bring something good back. So to me, their two biggest pieces that are, they're capable of moving are R&H and Clefbaum. Now you've got to get something. You can't afford to make a trade that is not a trade that you win and when you start trading players of that, that caliber. Well, the advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard Olympics men's hockey quarterfinal Czech Republic and United States tied 2-2 with 3.15 left. The Canucks lead the Avalanche 4-3 with 10 minutes to go. The Maple Leafs shut out the Panthers 1-0. Blue Jackets beat the Devils 2-1. Philadelphia knocks off the Canadians 3-2 in overtime. Tampa Bay beats Washington 4-2. Predators edge the Red Wings 3-2. Sharks over the Blues 3-2. Los Angeles wins 4-3 in Winnipeg and here at Rogers Place. Boston 3, Edmonton 2, Boston 3 goals in the third to come back from a 2-0 deficit. Woody, Ralph, and Jamie next in the batting order on the open line. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Beautiful pass, and Hudobin made his best save of the night on number 97 in orange. Off the draw, back as curls a pass in front. Heinen, a shot save made by Talbot. His 31st of the night may be among his best. Heinen with 42 saves. That's his save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center. Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over 40 years. Talbot, excellent, but the Bruins solve him three times in the third. Boston knocks off Edmonton 3-2 tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10-23. Another Olympic update here. Edmonton's Caitlin Osmond currently sitting third. Short program in ladies figure skating. Now, there's only one skater left, so worst-case scenario, Osmond will be fourth going into the free skate, so and, shot at a medal either way. And the last skater, her season's best is not near as good as what Caitlin did today. That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> See, now we're doing figure skating analysis. Well, there's a lot to talk about during the Olympics. Czech Republic and USA going to overtime. The United States will have a power play continuing into overtime. About 35 seconds, I think, in overtime. Neither you or I, we're good hockey analysis here. We Neither one of us knows if it's a four-on-three well, power play in I, overtime I, I or not. They, I remember they read the rules for overtime because they change them every round. One game is 10 minutes of four-on-four four or 20 minutes of four-on-four, four, but because uh, the the round robin was three-on-three, three, right? Or the pool play. Yeah. It wasn't the Canada-Czech game three-on-three three, and then the shootout? I, I, I didn't I get watched up. it and I've already forgotten. Yeah, I, I didn't get up at three o'clock in the morning. No, no, that, ga- that game was on at uh, eight or ten. That was one of the Seriously? early ones. Yeah. I think it was, was it Friday night? I can't even remember. What day is it today? Today's to Tuesday? Um, Sure. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's either game day or practice yeah, day. Exactly. Today was today was game today day. Today was a game. Oilers lose three two. Boston looking very powerful here. Their head coach Bruce Cassidy for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Switch the two centers there led to two goals. What what made you make that switch? Uh, sometimes it's a product. You know, just what you see on the ice. And I thought Kretsch has had some jump lately. He hasn't had much luck around the net. So um, I didn't think his line mates were as good as they have been for the last few games. So we, we made the switch. Uh, happened to work out. You know, him and Bax have played together last year. 
you know, Heinen and DeBrusque are similar players. I think, you know, Crutch can read off Danton as well as Jake. So, um, happened to work out tonight to give us a little juice and and uh, we'll see where how it shakes out on Saturday. Much of the luxury is it to have a fourth line where you don't have to worry about them in any situation, whether you're chasing a goal or you're trying to defend. I think if you ask any coach, it's more the defending part. You know, you don't worry on the road if they throw out their... We were almost hoping they'd play McDavid against them for a while because they're very responsible, they're, they're big. And, and Sean's a real good skater, so we, we thought he could keep up with the pace uh, and, 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 and angle off, you know, plays in our end and close off plays. So, and offensively, they've done a real good job chipping in. I think they're over 20 goals, even strength as a line. That, that's pretty good for a fourth line. Doesn't see any power play time. Uh, and it was a big one by Noel tonight. Typical goals. Uh, again, for Noel, going to the net, willing to pay the price, be around there, and, and uh, very, very happy for those guys. I think they're well, uh, you know, well liked by the the group, and so when they when they give you energy, it, it just gets the whole team going, and they've done it more than once for us this year. Boston coach Bruce Cassidy, the team is 37-13-8, chasing Tampa for first overall, and they beat the Bruins 3-2 tonight. Krejci gets a late game winner, a minute four left. He's the first star. Talbot Kept the Oilers in it. He's the second star. David Back is the third star. Our fourth star of the game is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We, uh, we'll pick an oiler tonight, Rob, as we usually do, unless it's a, a complete disaster. <laughs> uh, let's go with Ryan Strom. He kept his goal streak alive at two. Now he has a goal streak. That's true. Can after have... the slump. Uh, well, there you go. Hey, he had a goal tonight. He played 14 and a half minutes, and he got the Oilers rolling tonight with a goal early in the first. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Woody on the line. Hello, Woody. Hey, how are you guys tonight? Pretty good. That's good. Yeah, I just got a couple things. Um, I just watched that game. Uh, I watching the orders is in our own zone has got to be one of the most frustrating things this season. I don't understand how, how come we give up the blue lie very easy and then we chase and we skate beside the player with one hand on our stick, but we'd never engage, just pinch them off the board, play ends, and you can watch our defense. We'll skate beside them around the whole rink and never engage, and we never get possession. And I just, it fries me tonight. Clefbaum got it done twice, and our breakout, we grab the puck, rim it around the boards blindly, hope. I, I just, I question, is this coaching? Is this confidence? Uh, what's going on with our team? Like, I, it's very frustrating. And if I'm trading a player, I'm trading Kaplan. And my reasons are, he's valuable. And I don't think he has the upside people see. I uh, see a big six foot three guy that plays a very, very, very soft game. And I don't think he has a great hockey IQ. Physical talent, yes. But I think Darnell Nurse has passed him. I'd be very comfortable with Nurse, Sakara and Davidson on my left side next year to start. And cool. I just wanted to get your opinion on it, because right now as an older fan, I'm looking at the 2019 draft already, because I feel if we keep this coaching staff, this is not going to improve, because if that's the way we break out and we defend, we are not going to get better. I just want to hear your opinion. I'll let you guys go, and have a good evening. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Clefbaum's had a tough year, Rob, but or what do you, uh, Rob, in terms of the... Uh some of the defensive sag and the inability to break out, uh, which you know has popped up far too often this season. Well, what do you see there? Well, the the inability to break out. If we're just talking about for today, for example, it was because the forecheck was so good by the Boston Bruins. They gave the Oilers no time to make plays, and the the safe play for any defenseman is to rim to the far side hard. Um, for the Oilers, we've seen at times when they've done that that 
the winger gets the puck on the board and turns the puck over, which isn't good either. Uh, I think tonight's the forecheck was certainly affected by how good Boston was at getting in on, or sorry, the breakout was affected by how good Boston was getting in on the forecheck, how quick they were, how they didn't give any any space or time for the Oilers defensemen to make plays. At times, there was the the Oilers left the zone as forwards and didn't give the the defensemen chances to make the play that they needed to play. As for the the sag or the defensive breakdowns, there were a ton of them tonight. And Clefbaum was one of the players, but there's a lot of players. I mean, the Oilers gave up 45 shots, as well as a few crossbars and posts. Um, I don't know. I, I, I agree, and I said earlier today, I think the, the two players that would probably bring, bring the most back for the Oilers would be Clefbaum and Nugent Hopkins. I don't know if either one of them will be traded. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I want. To, I, I agree. I don't know if I want to move R&H. But they are players that certainly will be in play, and actually just about everyone right now will be in play for the Edmonton Oilers, and those people in play will be around draft time or when the season is over that won't be at the trade deadline because of the complexity of the trades with salary cap and, and everything like that. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to the Bruins. Quick news break, then we're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30-10. David Krejci scores with 64 seconds left in the third period. Boston edging the Oilers 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Strom had a goal in the first period. Kara from Slepeshev and Nurse in the second period. Achari and Grizzlick got Boston even in the third, and then Krejci gets the game winner. So 3-2, Boston wins another one. They're red hot. They have been for a long time. 2-2, Czech Republic, United States, 345 left in overtime, Olympic quarterfinal. See if we get a shootout in that one. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. That was a look at your Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Caitlin Osmond is in third after the short program at the Olympics, so a good shot at a medal going into the free skate in ladies' figure skating. Okay, 780-496-0063 is our phone number. We have Ralph standing by. Good evening, Ralph. Evening, gentlemen. I have two questions. The first question is, given that there is a constitution in the U.S. and a charter of rights in Canada, under what grounds can a league fine a player for criticizing bad officiating? Well, not even bad officiating, but bad going to Toronto to check a call on the ice. Well, Ralph, he's he's, he's, an, fine. he's an employee of the league. <laughs> they have it in the CBA that players can be fined, so it's they can totally fine him. So what's to prevent a player from getting a lawyer and filing a human rights complaint? Ralph, seriously, it's not man. Happen. Ralph, come on. What's your other point? Well, that's a pretty good point. It's freedom of speech. If, if we're not allowed to call in and criticize players when they play well or play poorly, why can't the players speak very candidly about the officiating? It doesn't happen all the time, but I just don't understand. It's part of the CBA. So you sign a contract, you're involved with the CBA. Ralph, what's your other point? Okay, Ralph's gone. All right. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room, courtesy of GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. He had a goal tonight. Here's Jujar Kara. Well, uh, a good start for your hockey team. Um, what, I guess, happened there in the third that allowed them to, to get some momentum and take over the game? Well, it's just, I think they came, they pushed, they were resilient, and, um, you know, we just... 
we just didn't shut them down in time. So. Was it a case of what you know they were doing? Was that just a team that wasn't going to be denied, or was it what you guys were doing, maybe taking the foot off the gas pedal a bit? Well, I think you know our guys were out there trying to do the right thing. Still, I mean, it's one of those things that's hurt. There's, I couldn't tell you the answer. <laughs> I mean, you know they played well. I thought, you know we played we played well today. It's just we didn't get the bounce, or we did get the bounces early. But then and then they were a resilient team, and we didn't have an answer for them. Thanks, Shujer. Breathe that, Shujer, here. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers uh, dressing room, a subdued dressing room after blowing a 2-0 lead in the third and losing 3-2 to the uh, Boston Bruins. I mean, that was, I, I, that was a surprising question from Ralph, and obviously I didn't want to talk about it because I, I didn't think it was a good question. But <laughs> I should say freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences from your speech by your employer or the league you play in. I, if you and I were to say negative things about 630 Chad right now, we probably wouldn't be working for 630 Chad the next that, game. That's and we point. would never, ever say that because we both love our job and we love working for this company. But right. But I know, I know you're being somebody. But, I mean, that's the point. I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't just – freedom of speech doesn't mean you can just do what you want and necessarily there aren't consequences. I agree with you. So, I mean, clearly uh, we expected something to happen to Camp And Talbot so there. did Cam. Yes, exactly. Oilers just get two tonight. Whenever they get five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, downtown, south side, and north side. Uh, by the way, the, if you missed it earlier, John Shannon from Sportsnet reporting that uh, Camp Talbot will be fine for what he said after the game in Arizona on Saturday. I haven't seen anything official from uh, the league. I doubt it would be a hefty fine, probably just a reminder. <laughs> One of those. Well, he will be fine, but it'll be it, it, the the effect is more of being like, "Hey, we we don't want you to do that anymore." The U.S. <laughs> almost scored there. I I switched. I'm on ski cross now. Canadian just won one of the his races. I don't know if it was a semifinal. I thought there were two Canadians going into the final. Well, there was two Canadians in the one that I just watched. I don't know. I okay. don't think I don't think it was a final because he wasn't celebrating as big. But he came. One came in first. One came in fourth in the race that I just watched. Okay, cool. Oh, well, that's the one with four. Yeah, those are wild. They, I know it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like it's like rugby on on skis, guys banging into each other all over the place. Well, it didn't I think it was in the the female ski cross that uh, someone they broke their neck? Did they not? There was a, an athlete that broke her neck earlier in this. Oh yeah, it was last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I yeah. think it was in the ski cross, the, the the female version. So here, okay, here. So two Canadians are through to the four men final in men's ski cross. So there'll be a medal there, at least a bronze. They're gonna get two so medals. I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, They're getting cool. two. Yeah. The, the Winter Olympics are a lot more dangerous, aren't they? I mean, not that the Summer Olympics don't have their element of danger, but in terms of the racing, like the short track speed skating where you can actually oh, glide and, and the ski skate. cross. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, ever since they stopped uh, the runners during the javelin contest in, in the Summer Olympics, <laughs> then, they, then all of a sudden it got a lot safer. But, you know, it is, I mean, the, watching the ski cross or even the big air, like these guys are the best. When they, when they miss... And those jumps, they're way, way up in the air. That's yeah. why that one that you saw that she's just going and lifting her one foot when she gets to the top of the little hill, the one that that um, engineered her way into the Olympics. <laughs> but, yeah, no, what, what they're doing, they're making it look easy. Uh, you and I would be carried off on a stretcher in just about any sport at the Winter Olympics right now. <laughs> All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to Boston, 780-496-0063. We have Jamie on the line. Good evening, Jamie. How's it going, guys? Good. 
Okay, first off, you guys can say bad things about your radio station because Andrew has been saying bad stuff about 630 Chad, and he's still on the show. He's still with the radio station. He's also a comedian. You guys are safe. Come on. (laughs) We've got nothing bad to say. (laughs) Okay, next thing. Uh, You know, I kind of agree with that first caller, that Cam there. I think the the farm system has kind of been letting them down over the years. Absolutely. But I I just want to say one thing, and I don't want to criticize too much, but they've had a few good, you know, semi-good prospects from the farm that they've just given away, like Hunt, Brad Hunt for the Vegas, and Pitlick for Dallas, and and Jordan Osterley for Chicago. And I'm not saying they're they're like these great top-line players, but, you know, when you give away players that are – that are all of a sudden on, on well, a couple of them are on playoff teams that are on their second lines and whatnot or second and third lines. I mean, that's going to hurt your depth. And, you know, besides Jujar Kara, there is there's not much for depth guys coming from our farms. So no, there, there, a, a there's nobody really there's nobody really you could call up and yeah. make an impact. I think the three guys yeah. you mentioned, I would I would I would maybe argue a little bit about Hunt because he did he was with a couple of other teams uh, before Prior. he was with Vegas, and I think you just got to give him credit, right. you know, for as a sticking t- with it twenty nine thirty year old for now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But no, I, I think I think your your point is is well taken, and it, and it's one Rob and I have been discussing. Um, uh, quite a bit lately because it's you look at the team and you know I realize the criticism of Peter Shirelli and, and I think a lot of it is you know is valid um, but he's he's also had to try to fill holes with free agents that you would hope maybe you could fill more internally with some secondary scoring or, or depth and the, and the problem when you fill with free agents, you're overpaying. Yeah, either and, years, yeah. money, or both. Oh, yeah. so, so that's why you get yourself another problem. The, comp- yeah. the competition, right, of yeah. teams that are. But wow, one more point is, uh, you know, honestly, like Talbot, I respect him. He's a great athlete, great goalie, and I'm not saying he's a crappy goalie and we shouldn't stick with him, but I do disagree with the comments he made. I mean, it makes us look like whiners. Like, it, it, I'm saying us, and that's a little weird, but. What I wanted to say was, you know, why are you talking about last year's playoffs at this time of the season when when the playoffs are are ninety five percent out of reach, whatever it is? Why are you why are you complaining about a play? You know, how many months ago? Ten months ago? I just I don't like it. And uh, and one more thing, uh, Chris. You know, I hate to come down on these guys and criticize because I'm sitting in my in my chair here drinking beer doing nothing but when Chris Russell makes mistake after mistake like why in the third period he puts his stick down to block a pass on the ice he puts his stick down I I did this myself in rec league like two nights ago and yet I didn't put the stick all the way to the ice and I didn't block the, the puck that was on the ice there was no saucer pass and he just let it go to to Krejci, and he puts it top shelf to win the game and with a minute left. Like, when are these these bad players? You can't let these guys kill us game after game. Anyways, that's about it. Oh, that, that's fine, Jamie. You're going to finish the play tonight. You're going to be trying to win an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. Jet Set Parking, park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. Off the left-hand side, huge hit by Bennett. And now... 
Jarrett goes after Benning and cross-checks him, and someone steps right in to Benning's grill. Ryan Spooner well, was absolutely so blasted by Bat Benning. You know, Matt Benning's delivered some good body checks in his last couple of seasons here as an Edmonton Oiler. Jamie, for finish the play, what team drafted Matt Benning? I believe it was Boston. Absolutely. Good call. You win finish the play tonight. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate hearing from you. Hey, there's Ray Bork. He's at the Olympics. Why his son just shot in the shootout? Matt Benning drafted 175th overall by Boston in 2012. We're doing two things at once. Shootout USA and the Czech Republic. Where are we in the shootout here? Both, both teams have shot both oh, teams have missed. missed. And it's yes. a five-round shootout. Uh, it, it was before, yeah. It was Canada yeah. and the Czech Republic. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this one here as we move along. Oh, that There's was nice. for the Czech Republic. That they was good pretty. Move there, so they go ahead. Canada's going to play Finland, of course, at 5 a.m. You getting up for that Edmonton one? time. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to even pretend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, PVR. Got PVR. You can zoom through it or watch the... Do they have condensed games online for the Olympics? Um, yeah, I, well, you, it, yeah, it's called fast forward. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, okay, no goal there for the United States. So uh, U.S. up one. Tell you what, we'll take a commercial. We'll tell people what happened when we get back. Perfect timing. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Bruins. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. All right, final here at Rogers Place. Boston 3, Edmonton 2. Oilers led 2-0 after two periods. Boston just overwhelming the Oilers in the third period. And David Krejci gets the game winner late. His comments for BDO first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. So the feelings after the second intermission, your goals haven't come easily for this team the past three games or so. Did you feel like this was still within reach? Yeah, 100%. I mean, even though uh, we haven't been scoring much the uh, last few games, uh, we're still getting lots of shots, so many good looks. Uh, we have enough skill to, to put a puck in the net uh, you know, on this team. Sometimes you're going to go through games like that. So, like I said, just to stick with it, and eventually it'll go in. Kind of came in late, but what does this say about the character of the team or about the team in general, being able to I come back like this? I must say I was a big, you know, especially uh, uh, back-to-back games against uh, uh, two speedy teams, you know. Uh, you know, we obviously will take two points. Uh, now we have a few days off, regroup, and uh, get back at it. How tough is Western Canada? Tough. Uh, what do you mean by tough? Well, it, it's a long trip for you guys to go into Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not really focusing on our team, on, on other teams. Obviously, we know they have uh, some really good players, you know, especially McDavid and Dreisaitl. We're trying to take take them away, but, uh, you know, they're good players. They've got to make plays. So uh, just try to do the best you can defensively. Our, you know, our offense mostly comes from, from good defense, and um, that's what happened in the third period. We, 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 we played really tight in our D zone in third period and, and put the puck uh, behind their D and... and uh, Went to work. Appreciate this. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson, back from holidays, working the Boston dressing room tonight. Bruins beat the Oilers 3-2. Krejci had the game with her with a minute four to go. The Czech Republic beating the United States in a shootout in the men's hockey quarterfinals. Rob and I are watching the men's snowcross final. Two Canadians are in it. It's a race with four guys, Brady Lehman and Kevin Drury. 
So uh, we'll have at least one medal here for Canada, maybe with a chance for two. Face-off. Oh, oh who wiped out? One of the Canadians, and he lost his ski. He's in. Oh, was that our guy? One of our guys, and our other guy's well, still two, in Well, it. two guys in the heat went down. Yeah, so I think we're in first right now. Yeah, the blue blue bib is us. So okay, so we're on the way to a gold, and we just get a gold or a our other guy here. just has to run really fast and get his other ski on. So, but see, that's why they have that secondary second. final for de- to determine spots five through eight. Because if they don't get if, up, if the three, yeah, if these guys didn't finish in the main final, they they'd place other guys from the uh, I think they call it the secondary final or the B final. Any anyway, the Canadian is about to win a gold medal here. Is this? Okay, now here's... Oh, that's not that's our the guy. Other guy. That's not our guy. Too bad. Okay. Uh, face-off trivia was won by Jamie. Who was the last Oiler to get three hat picks, hat tricks in a season before McDavid this year? Peter Klima had three in 90-91. Jamie gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery, brought to you by Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. So we got a gold here, right? B. For, Lehman. For Brady Lehman. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Kevin Drury is going to be able to finish. He lost his ski I, I, when oh, they okay. showed him. So, yeah, he, so the, the uh, Russian athlete, the ore athlete, yeah. uh, just got to race down by himself to get third. Crazy sport. It is unbelievable. These guys are big, strong men. And there was a crash, and they went flying. Unfortunately, one of the Canadians was far enough ahead of him at that point. Well, he does finish, but way behind. Oh, now they're fighting. No, Rob, <laughs> don't say that. Yeah, people can't see it. I was just kidding. <laughs> 3-2 Boston wins our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, Rob, I think Talbot's play the last three games is a positive adjustment, uh, as is the penalty. I mean, here's the thing, Rob. Um, if the Oilers could have got a point out of this game, uh, you you would have you would have pointed to the penalty kill as and Talbot as a big reason Absolutely. because if Boston scores one two power play goals as the uh, Oilers often have given up on home ice it it could have been you know four two in the third instead of uh, being two two but the thing is two two they tied it with about eight minutes left I mean the Oilers didn't really have what what was the Oilers zone time in the third period like a couple shifts maybe very before little checking if that well and even Clefbaum had that one look. The, well, and Slepyshev hit a crossbar. Flipped it off the post, yep. yeah. Uh, but when you spend as much time in your own zone as the others did in the third period, bad things are going to happen. And uh, at, uh, when Boston scored their first goal, and the first goal was very lucky. It came from behind the net and off of, uh, I think, off was Strom, it? In Strom in the Strom and it goes in. So an unlucky break for the Oilers. But at that point, the Oilers started hoping. Yeah. And you, you can't hope against a good hockey club. You've got to initiate. You have to you have to attack, and they didn't. And Boston came out in wave after wave after wave, and they're talented. And they're a team, as we've talked about a lot, they are a, a, a team that can roll four lines. So when they get momentum going, it's not going to end when Marshawn leaves the ice or when Krejci leaves the, the ice. It's going to continue. And the others just weren't capable of, uh, of keeping up with them. So it was a game that the Boston Bruins deserved to win, and they got their two points. 45-20 were the shots for Boston. And oddly enough, Edmonton's best period was the first period when they were outshot 13-3. They actually, Edmonton forechecked well in the in the first period. They just didn't get pucks to the net. Oh, curling as well. Kevin Cooey is curling right now. 5-1, Canada leading 
Denmark in the fourth end. St. Albert's Mark Kennedy playing third for Canada. I think this guarantees a win here. I think guarantees them a playoff spot. Yeah, they're they're this a pretty good spot one, yeah. to get in. Uh, the Canadian women will not make the playoffs. They lost uh, 6-5 to Great Britain, so the first time ever a Canadian team at the Olympics will not win a medal and, in fact, not even play for a medal because they don't even make the semis. Yeah, it's too bad. They they uh, they struggled early, got her going, and then eventually, just like in a hockey game, if you fall behind early, you got to play perfect the rest of the way. The, the women fell behind early. They dropped their first three. They had to play perfect the rest of the way, and they were unable to. All right, so the Oilers have lost seven of their last eight. Boston takes this one 3-2. Another home game for the Oilers on Thursday. That'll be against the Colorado Avalanche. We have it for you on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30, game at Seven. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Also to Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer back at 6.30. Chet, this has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. You can always get more on 6.30.chet.com, including some Eskimos news today. Aaron Grimes re-signed in the defensive backfield. For Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Bruins 3, Oilers 2. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.